Good morning, friends. Welcome back to the Self-Care Keto Podcast. If you're listening later on podcast or joining here on Instagram live today, I am your self-care keto coach, Jess. I help women lose weight with a keto diet and a self-care mindset. So here in the U.S., it is the Monday after a holiday weekend for Easter and or Passover, um, And also it is the Monday after spring break for a lot of the kids being out of school. And so I know that I am not the only one dealing with these kinds of thoughts today. I've been talking with some of my clients about it over the weekend. And, you know, I just want to come on and be honest and share that I still have these kinds of thoughts too. Binge and restrict thoughts. It's just that I have finally learned how to work through these kinds of thoughts. And so that's what I wanted to do an episode on today is how to work through binge and restrict thoughts. So if you are dealing with these kinds of thoughts today, um, I want to let you know that you are not alone. Um, and I want to give you some actual how questions to use really tactical, tactical, tangible things that you can use to try to help yourself process through binge or restrict thoughts when you are having them. So I did celebrate Easter with my family yesterday, and also it was spring break for my daughter. She's in kindergarten now, and we took a trip to uh, Disney in Florida, and we were gone for about a week, and I was definitely out of my normal element. Uh, I don't know if you were too last week, but I was out of my normal element. Um, I do still eat keto or low carb when I'm on vacation, but I totally eat more food than what I'm used to uh, the majority of the time in my life when I'm on vacation. And I don't feel bad about that. Um, I do that on purpose. Um, So I'm definitely eating probably some foods that have sugar in them. Um, Not seeking out sugary foods per se, but let's just say, you know, meats that have like sugary sauces on them, or I really don't limit myself in terms of eating fruit when I'm on vacation, things like that. Um, So I typically, when I go on vacation, gain about two or three pounds. And I feel good about that because I know that the very next week it's going to come right off um, on a holiday, maybe something similar. Um, But yeah, so basically these two things banked together and then, um, you know, when I stepped on the scale this morning, I wasn't happy with the number that I saw. I mean, I'm not going to be like excited about it, right? Um, but it wasn't um, crushing to me in in a way that it would have used to have been and just set me off in a downward spiral. But I know that many of you may be feeling that way today. Um, so uh, just a quick heads up. So as we're going through this Instagram live and or this episode, um, I may use some explicit language because I feel like I just want to be honest about the thoughts that are inside of my head. And I know that they're the thoughts inside of your head. So if you have kiddos around, go ahead and put your um, headphones in or wait to listen to this a little bit later. Um, It will be available on replay on Instagram if you're joining or whatever. But okay, so let's talk about what binge and restrict thoughts sound like, right? So um, binge thoughts, basically, and, and let me just clarify here, we could maybe use the word here interchangeably binging or overeating. Because binging actually very specifically um, from like a disordered eating or like a mental health perspective, um, a binge is actually to eat um, in a short period of time a very large amount of food, like more than an average person would eat in that given amount of time, eating to the point where you feel physically um, sick or uncomfortable. So that's kind of the textbook definition of a binge. 
Um, but I know sometimes we throw that word around and we're like, oh, I totally binged on blah, 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 blah. And it might not have actually met like the textbook definition of a binge. So if you don't like that word or you don't relate to that word, you know, you can just replace it with the word overeat. Um, so, but when we're having those thoughts of, okay, I know I, I want to keep eating, um, but I feel like I shouldn't. Some of these thoughts start to kick in. So it doesn't matter. I'm just hopeless. Everything's hopeless. I'll just start tomorrow or I already blew it. So, um, I might as well just, you know, go off the rails or, um, get it all in while you can. So basically like, you know, tomorrow I'm getting back on track, so I might as well get it, sneak it all in while I can. These are some of the thoughts that tend to come into our heads when we are having um, binge thoughts or overeating thoughts. And then restrict thoughts usually happen after you feel like you have overeaten or you've deviated from your plan in some way, shape or form, or you step on the scale and you see the reality of the, you know, the, the logical consequences of the way that you ate the day before. And some of those thoughts, you know, might sound like I'm out of control. Oh my God, I need to get it together. I need to rein this in. Um, I need to lose this weight as fast as possible. If I don't do something drastic right now, I'm going to gain back all of the weight that I've lost in total. I'm already losing ground. Um, I will make up for this by and then you have like the thoughts of whatever it is that you're going to do, you know, you concoct that plan, you know, like of how you're going to somehow make up for this or erase this or whatever. And then, you know, on top of restriction thoughts, sometimes punishing thoughts come in as well. So sometimes, um, and I want to differentiate this, these a little bit because restriction thoughts are kind of like, you know, oh my God, you know, you feel scared and you feel like you need to do something to bring your back, bring yourself back on track. That's kind of the, the restriction thoughts, but the punishing thoughts can be a little bit different. And this sounds like you're disgusting. Um, you don't deserve to eat today. Um, you don't deserve any pleasure. You know, I'm going to teach you a lesson. Like these types of thoughts are different. And so, um, they can often overlap with each other. Um, or you know, have, feel like they're all happening at the same time, restriction and punishment together. But I did wanna differentiate a little bit from that because I'm gonna circle back to this a little bit later and how restriction thoughts can actually be good. Um, yeah, they, they can, uh, or we're gonna find the good in them. But we really can't find the good in punishing thoughts. And so you probably have punishing thoughts if you were punished a lot as a kid. And that was like the means of your parents trying to, you know, well-meaning or not, um, you know, we can separate intent from impact. Maybe that's, it, it just happened to them and so on. And, and we pass this down. Um, but you know, there's a difference between the restricting thoughts of like getting, trying to regain control and then the punishing thoughts of just, you know, being completely mean to yourself and, um, beating yourself up and punishing yourself. So those are kind of like what these thoughts sound like. Um, if you're tuning in live right now, you know, give me a thumbs up or a heart if you feel like you're dealing with these. And also, which one do you feel like you deal with more often? Um, so for me, at this point in my journey, I don't really have a lot of binge thoughts anymore. Very, very, very rarely. Um, but I remember a time in my life when I felt this way 
all the time. It was like a constant binge restrict cycle. And pretty much every Sunday afternoon, I would, you know, have those binge thoughts of like, I'll start tomorrow um, because I was going back to a job on Monday morning and you get the Sunday scaries and you just want to self-soothe and you don't really want to be going back to all of that. And so that was kind of my pattern is like every single Sunday, I would find myself overeating. I wouldn't call it a binge, but I would find myself overeating or emotionally eating to self-soothe. And I would have all of those same thoughts. Um, yesterday on Easter, I did have a little bit of a thought like that of it, it was just like, okay, I just got back from vacation. Today's a holiday. Um, I'll just, you know, kind of get back to normal tomorrow. And I did find myself eating something yesterday that I wouldn't normally eat. I made some, um, keto cupcakes for my family. And normally I would avoid that because not because it's bad or, um, harmful to my body. Well, for me personally, it is because, um, the sugar alcohols that I use in that my, my daughter's totally fine with them, has no issue with erythritol. My husband usually tends to be totally fine with that, but I usually have a pretty intense reaction to using sugar alcohols and where I just feel awful, disgusting, um, stomach pain, um, sometimes immediately have to run to the, the toilet or whatever. And so I had a little bit of this like sugar-free frosting with erythritol on it on these um, keto cupcakes that I made with a sweetener that I am okay with. But the frosting I put on, I was like, it's Easter, you know, whatever. And I put that on there and like, oh my God, like pretty much within five minutes, I had an instant headache and I felt nauseous and everything. So for me, that was not good to do. For you, you you may be totally fine with that. But um, take the takeaway of what I'm trying to say here is that I did have a little bit of that thought and I, I had to reflect on that today um, and ask myself, why did I do that? You know, like I know that that that's not good for me. Like I never feel good after doing that. I didn't need to do that. I had like strawberries and yogurt and all the things that I, that are good for me that I normally enjoy. And I realized that I did have a little bit of a, um, you know, an over an overeating thought of like, okay, get it in while you can. Um, because tomorrow you're going to get back on track and also a little bit of self soothing in the sense of, you know, I'm sure somebody out there can relate to this as well, but like, Easter was different for us this year. We didn't spend it with extended family. We did it with just um, me and my husband and my daughter. And that was a choice. Um, but sometimes you're doing something that you feel like is a good choice, but then you can also feel sad about it at the same time. So there was a little bit of that. And I wanted to try to create something special for just me and, and, and my immediate family. And so I think I did a little bit of that, like trying to special it up a little bit for myself as a, as a self-soothing mechanism. So I'm just letting you guys into all of my internal thoughts right now, because I know that this is what we do, right? We have all of these things and, and somebody somewhere can, can resonate with this. So that was a little bit of my personal thoughts. And then when I did step on the scale this morning, I was not happy with the number. Like, again, I, you know, not like where I was in the past, like where I would, you know, just beat myself up and, you know, the punishing thoughts, right? There were absolutely no punishing thoughts, but I was a little bit like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, like I was, I was mad when I stepped on the scale this morning because, um, and then, you know, I have to try to contextualize it for myself. I help my clients do this with my weight. So I was up two pounds from where I was on vacation when I had stepped on the scale the day before. And then I gained another pound uh, from what I ate on Easter. And I know that that's just inflammation from the, probably the sugar alcohol and what I, what I chose to eat, to eat. And the two pounds up from vacation, like I put this up on my Instagram this morning, like you did not gain five pounds of fat in five days or a week or whatever, how long it's been for you that you've been kind of off your usual plan. This is water weight. It's, it's like 
if you look up how many calories are in a pound, like so like 3,500 calories in a pound times five pounds and multiply that, I think it's like an extra 17,500 calories. Like what are the odds that you actually did consume that many calories? You didn't. It's just that the foods that you were eating were probably higher in carbohydrates and your body retains one gram of uh, sorry, four grams of water for every one gram of carbohydrate. And so it's just water weight. It's totally going to come right back off without you having to do anything crazy or compensatory. Um, but it feels a little bit like frustrating and scary, right? When you see that number jump up on the scale, sometimes it feels like, whoa, how did I gain like three pounds overnight? And you just feel so frustrated. You feel like you've lost ground. You feel like you're behind on your plans, on your goals. All of that scarcity mindset starts to kick in. And so I had a little bit of that today. You know, I was like, oh, crap. Um, you know, I was mad at the number because I was like, well, now I'm six pounds up from my lowest. So do you ever do that where you're like, okay, but my lowest weight was this, but this is what I actually was, was about three pounds above my lowest when I left for vacation. So I gained two pounds from vacation, gained another pound, but now I'm six pounds up. I'm a pound over where I really like to be within that five pound range of where I normally float. And because I was one pound over my top range that I have mentally for myself, I don't know if you guys have this too, where you're like, okay, if I go above this number, then I need to like get it together. So that's, those were kind of my internal thoughts this morning. And yeah, and then what happens when you have those thoughts, the restrict thoughts, or sometimes, um, you know, like, okay, what am I going to do to get back on track? And you start to think, you know, non-helpful things like, uh, maybe I'll just eat less this week. Or for me, like, okay, my husband's going out of town for two days, so I don't really have to cook a big dinner. And, you know, I'll just eat like really like, um, low carb or I'll just eat like really low calorie or whatever. Like these thoughts still come into my head. You guys, like I've been doing this work. I'm a weight loss coach. I help women to process these thoughts. Like these thoughts still come into my head, but you know what? You're not responsible for your thoughts. You're responsible for what you do with them. Right? So just because I have those thoughts, it doesn't mean that I'm actually going to act on them. In the past I did, right? I acted on all of this crap. Like started, you know, like overeating and then overly restricting and then overeating, uh, you know, self-sabotaging against the restriction and so on and so forth. This is the binge restrict cycle. I'm not going to get myself into that, but I had the thoughts about it today, just like you did. I had the thoughts just like you that, uh, I don't want to see anybody today or, uh, you know, I'm not going to wear my, my normal pants. Let's just wear something a little bit more comfortable or I don't want to go live on Instagram today or whatever it might be. And you start trying to like, how can I get out of this? Or you feel ashamed. So I have, um, family coming into town this coming weekend. And then I have those thoughts of like, Oh, the last time I saw these people, I weighed this and now I weigh this. Like I'm just laying it all out. You guys, these are the thoughts that we all have. You are, completely human. I'm completely human. You're not alone. And so I had to process through all of those thoughts today and I've gotten so much better at it than I used to be. And so I'm going to share with you guys how I do these, but first I just wanted to expose it, right? Like let's bring it into the light and you know, just know that you're not crazy. You're not alone. It's completely normal human behavior to have these kinds of thoughts. And I'm actually going to point out why they are good to have these kinds of thoughts. Okay, so I have found that the most important thing in processing through your thoughts is to try to find the good in them, to try to observe them with self-compassion and not self-judgment. I've heard a lot of people say, 
um, that, you know, they just kind of like, they have that jerk voice in their heads, like these unhelpful thoughts come up and you kind of like, oh, that, yeah, that's the jerk voice in my head. And, you know, to try to separate yourself from it, which is a good thing to do. I've heard other people, you know, in a silly way, just kind of say, like, give a name to that jerk voice in your head to say like, oh, that's not really me. That's Bob. Or, you know, that's not really me. That's Pam or whatever. And then you'll kind of be like, shut up, Bob, or like, go away, Pam. You know, you're such a bitch or whatever it is. And like, you kind of like demonize these thoughts that you have to try to separate yourself from it. But I have found that that doesn't work for me because then I just feel like I'm constantly at war with myself and I'm constantly fighting my own internal voice. And so what I have found to work for myself is not to fight against or to demonize this voice, but actually to love and appreciate and thank this voice and not to say that, oh, that's not really me. That's such and such, you know, jerk voice or whatever. No, that is you. That, that is you. But it's, it's a part of you that is good and misunderstood. It's a part of you that is trying to protect you and to help you. And it's trying to serve a purpose. And a lot of times it's like a younger part of you that was absorbing the messages from your caregivers that, you know, they were saying it in unhelpful ways, like some of those punishing thoughts, right? Um, but they were trying to probably help you in unhelpful ways, or they were trying to help themselves in an unhelpful way and just repeating what they had learned, right? So that's what this voice inside of your head is doing, but there is um, a helpful purpose to it. It's serving you in some way. Otherwise it wouldn't be there. So it's trying to help you survive. It's trying to help you cope. And when you can recognize that part of yourself as being you, as being a part that is trying to serve a purpose and to observe it with self-compassion, wrap your arms around it and reintegrate it back into yourself from a wise, loving, higher self type of place, like the true you can say like, okay, I see this little part of me here that's trying to protect me or trying to help me. Um, where's the good in this? And, and, and just kind of try to approach it from that angle. That is what has actually helped me so much to be able to work through my thoughts instead of fighting them, finding the good in them and integrating them has been so, so, so helpful for me. So I want to share with you guys a little bit of how I do that. Um, so the first thing that I do when I'm having a thought, whether it be like one of the binge thoughts, um, or one of the restrict thoughts, okay. Or just really any kind of thought on any topic that I'm realizing is not helpful. Okay. So the first thing that I do is I try to separate myself from my thoughts by putting these words in front of it to say, oh, I'm having the thought that I should fast today. I'm having the thought that I should eat less when my husband's out of town to try to lose weight as fast as possible. I'm having the thought that I'm going to gain all this weight back if I don't do something drastic. Like whatever it is that the, the thought that you were having, just put those words in front of it. I'm having the thought that. And then you instantly separate yourself from your thoughts. Now you've, you're not in your thoughts, like having the um, virtual reality glasses on and then you're like in the world, like you're in the video game or whatever it is. And, um, or you're watching a movie and you're, you're like literally picking your fingers or whatever it is because you're like so freaked out or like in, enveloped in the movie. It feels so real. And then like you look down at your lap and you're like, okay, it's, I'm still just in a the movie theater. Or you take, you take the glasses off and you realize, okay, the, I'm separate from this. Um, so you become the wise, compassionate observer of your thoughts with the first step is just self-awareness, separating yourself from your thoughts. I'm having the thought that. 
And then instantly you're able to separate yourself from it and question whether or not it's true or question how helpful it is or harmful it is. So I'm going to give you guys next some how questions. Um, so a lot of times, you know, the, the questions that are the most helpful of ourselves is not like a what or a why, like, why do I always do this? What's wrong with me? Yada, yada. But asking yourself a how question, like, how can I move through this? Or how can I help myself? How can this be easy? Like how questions are very powerful questions. Um, to get your brain to start giving you answers that are helpful, right? So when we're stuck in these cycles of unhelpful thoughts, we have to start asking ourselves different questions. Your brain will always give you the answer to the question that you're asking, right? So if you say, what's wrong with me, your brain's gonna give you a bunch of reasons of what's wrong with you, right? Um, why does this have to be so hard? Your brain's gonna give you a bunch of answers to that, right? But if you say, how can I make this easy? Or how can I move through this? How can I help myself? So I'm gonna give you guys some how questions. Now, of when you're realizing that you're having these thoughts, okay, I'm having the thought that, and it's a, either you know a binge-related thought, or I want to overeat, or it doesn't matter, or it's I'm hope it's hopeless, whatever, or I'll start tomorrow. I've already blown it. Um, restrict thoughts, or how can I lose this weight? <laughs> you know, what can I do to like make up for this, or whatever? Okay. So the first one is, how is this thought trying to serve me? There's a way that it's trying to serve you. So let's break down how binge thoughts can be good and how restrict thoughts can be good because you might be you know at a loss right when you ask yourself that question how is this thought trying to serve me so some of these binge thoughts like um it doesn't matter it's hopeless i'll start tomorrow i already blew it get it in all in while you can okay so this feels like self-sabotage when this happens right but self-sabotage I want you to reframe self-sabotage as yourself is trying to sabotage the bullshit because there's a wise inner part of you that knows that all of the reasons why you're doing this is complete bullshit, right? And so you, you are rebelling against the bullshit narrative of, I need to be perfect. I need to be in a smaller body in order to be lovable. I need to perform. I need to people please. Um, all of those things. So, or, or, um, rebelling against being overly self-controlled with not allowing for any pleasure in your life. Like that's complete bullshit as well. And so the part of you that self-sabotages from those things and says, it doesn't matter. It's hopeless. Um, I already blew it, whatever. That's true. It doesn't matter about you being in a smaller body in order to be loved. Um, it is hopeless to try to be perfect all the time. Um, all of those things, like, it's it's stupid or it's it's harmful, it's wrong. You know it's bullshit to try to earn love by how you look. Or you know it's bullshit to to withhold any pleasure from yourself whatsoever as a means to an end of getting to some goal that you think is magically going to fix everything in your life. Like there's a part of you know that knows that that's total bullshit, right? But that's the conditioning that you've been fed is that, you know, oh, if I just fix this problem with my weight, then all my problems will be gone and I'll be magically happy and everybody will love me and I'll find, you know, the relationship that's good for me and I'll have the perfect job and whatever. That's not true. And you're the the wise inner loving part of you knows that that's bullshit. And so when you're trying to motivate yourself with bullshit, you're going to rebel against it. And so when you think of, you know, these overeating thoughts or these binge thoughts that tells you, oh, it's hopeless, it's pointless, you've already blown it, get it all in while you can, get it in all, all in while you can is a response to, I have to keep such a tight 
constraint on myself because I'm dangerous and I can't be trusted with any pleasure in my life. Well, that's bullshit. And that's why your brain is saying, oh, get it all in while you can, because it's rebelling against that type of bullshit, right? You know that it's completely illogical to try to be perfect. Like it's impossible. And that's not good for anybody to try to be perfect, but I have to be perfect. And so when your brain, you know, says, you know, it's hopeless, that's true, right? Or it doesn't matter. Like we kind of are detaching and self-soothing from these unrealistic bullshit narratives that we are placing on ourselves that are just hurting ourselves and punishing ourselves, right? And so that's how those overeating or those binge thoughts can actually be good. So when you ask yourself, how is this thought serving me to say it doesn't matter? Oh, yeah, because it doesn't matter that I'm in a smaller body in order to be loved, or it is hopeless to try to be perfect, or get it all in while you can, like, yeah, because my brain's trying to, like the wise, loving part of me is trying to tell me I shouldn't, you know, withhold all pleasure from my life, right? There's a way that I could do this differently where it doesn't have to feel like this. And my thoughts are trying to rebel against that type of bullshit. That is how these thoughts are serving me. And then what about the restrict thoughts? So how are restrict thoughts serving you? So these types of thoughts of, um, I'm out of control. I need to get it together. I need to lose this weight as fast as possible. I'll make up for it by doing this. Um, If I don't do something drastic, I'll gain it all back. Now I'm behind on my goals. Okay, so these are the types of restrict thoughts that we have. How are these serving you? They they are. There's, There's a way in which this is trying to help you. It's trying to prompt you with guilt as a means of regaining a sense of control, safety, security, stability. And it, you just feel scared. You just feel out of control. And that's completely okay and normal to feel that way. And the way that we regain control is by making a plan that focuses on taking action, helpful action to resolve that anxiety. And so the problem is not that we want to take action to, to get back on track or to resolve the anxiety. The problem is that we're about to take some actions that are not actually going to be helpful. They're about to be harmful, right? And so fasting, you know, we think, oh, yeah, this can solve all my problems. I'll just lose this six pounds in three days, right? But what is the actual consequence of that is that it feels like misery. It feels like punishment or restriction. You're hungry, you're cold, you're angry, and then you have the overeating or the binge thoughts, right? Because you're doing it from the wrong motivation of, you know, a scarcity mindset. I need to... um erase or undo everything that I just did that was so bad, or I need to um, do this as quickly as possible instead of as enjoyably as possible, right? So you're just approaching it from the wrong motivation. And then you're going to, the wise inner loving part of you is once again going to rebel against that bullshit, right? So that's why we get ourselves stuck in these thoughts, but there is a way in which it is serving you. So another way that it's serving you is that there is a part of you that's telling you the guilt is saying, I know I can do better than this. And I need to reestablish some self-trust that has been broken down. And that's a good and a healthy thing. It's just that you don't have to make it so hard or you don't have to make it so fast, right? But that's a good thing that we want to come back into integrity with our values. We, we know that, you know, that we had an optimal way that we wanted to behave and we behaved in a way that was not in alignment with that. Right. And so it's okay to recognize that and to let yourself feel guilty. And then to ask yourself, how can I actually 
you know, make this right? Or how can I come back into integrity? So those are some ways in which the restrict thoughts, there is an element of good or there is an element of how is it actually helpful to you? So that's the first question. So number one is to separate yourself from your thoughts. Oh, I'm having the thought that. And then number two, ask yourself, how is this thought trying to serve me? And then once you've identified how it is trying to serve you, that's where you can have that self-compassion and wrap your arms around that and bring that back into integrity with yourself and to say, thank you. I see that you're just trying to help me with this thought in this way. Thank you very much. And I have learned from so many past attempts that that is not actually going to work. I've learned enough times from, you know, overly restricting that I realize what's going to happen is this, or I've learned enough times that if I try to just do it as quickly as possible, instead of enjoyably as possible, this is what happens. And so thank you so much for offering me this thought brain. I see that you're trying to help me and I'm just going to shift it a little bit to make it a little bit more helpful from here instead of just doing, um, what you're trying to say would be the fastest solution or the one that's going to ease my anxiety the fastest or whatever. Okay. All right. So how is this thought trying to serve me? Bank it, come back into integrity with yourself. Um, and then you can say, how can I help myself without harming myself? So we've realized again, okay, this thought is trying to serve me. It's trying to help me in this way. But the thing that my brain is offering me to do with this information is actually going to harm me. So the, the binging thoughts, you know, like that's going to harm me. Okay. The being too restrictive, that's going to harm me. So how can I help myself without harming myself? And usually if you're having the overeating thoughts, this is what I found for me personally. If you're having the overeating thoughts, whatever it is, is it emotional? Try to check in with yourself. Like, what do I really need in this moment? Is it the food or is it something else? Try to, try to zoom out, try to explore a little bit. Um, And if you can intervene, you know, by doing something other than food related, go ahead and do that. Try to explore that when you have a self-soothing toolkit. This is another topic for another time about emotional eating. But um, if you have a self-soothing toolkit that's a little bit bigger than food, try some other options before you just do food. But if nothing else, try to make a food choice. Uh, Like go ahead and eat, you know, but try to make a food choice that's actually going to bless your body instead of harming your body. Go ahead and eat more. If you, if you want to, if you're having those overeating thoughts, but still try to have some boundaries about it in the sense of, okay, how can I help myself without harming myself? Um, my brain's telling me that it'll really help me to eat more food right now. Okay, great. But how can I do it in a way that's not going to hurt me? So I'm not going to eat anything that's going to make me feel sick, disgusting, um, trigger some type of, you know, gut reaction. Like if you know that you shouldn't eat gluten or you know that you shouldn't eat dairy or whatever, or I'm going to opt for the sugar-free version of this instead of the sugary version, like whatever it is, try to help yourself without harming yourself. From the restrict aspect, how can I help myself without harming myself? So you're having these thoughts of like, okay, I need to get back on track, right? Or I feel, I feel out of alignment. I need to come back into alignment. That's the good piece of it. How can I do this without harming myself? Okay. So I'm just going to get back to my normal. I'm going to get back to exactly what I was doing before, just living my life, eating, you know, if you're eating keto or low carb or paleo or whatever it is, um, whatever your normal way of eating in a self-care way is, just get back to that. You don't have to compensate. You don't have to try to make up for the ground that you've lost. I have learned that I would rather lose this six pounds in two weeks in an enjoyable way rather than try to lose it in four days by fasting. Like, because I know what happens in both of those scenarios. So remove the weight loss deadline, remove the scarcity mindset, and you know, just let it, let it be easy. 
let it be helpful instead of harmful. So you, you're the only one imposing this on yourself. Literally nobody else cares what you weigh today. <laughs> nobody notices because they're, they're just focused on themselves. Everybody feels the same exact way as you do. I know you feel the same exact way as I do. Everybody is thinking the same thing. Nobody's paying attention to how much you weigh today. No one knows. Nobody cares. It's just you. It's self-imposed. The suffering is optional. The only thing, it's not the number on the scale that's causing your suffering. That's just the circumstance. The story that you're telling yourself about that, all of these thoughts about like, oh my God, this is awful. This is the end of the world. I've lost so much ground. If I don't do something drastic, it's all going to come back. And all of these thoughts, these are the meaning that you're assigning to it. And this is completely optional, right? So I'm not saying do nothing with it, but I am saying try to change it to a way that could actually be helpful to you instead of harmful. So the next question, okay, so um, I'm having the thought that how is this trying to serve me? Then thank it. Um, how can I help myself without harming myself? Next question. How would I do this if my goal was to enjoy the process and not rush the process? I've already touched on this a little bit, but it's a good question to ask yourself. So, you know, like I said, I would rather lose it more slowly over two weeks of just living my normal life and it's totally going to come off and it's fine rather than trying to rush the process and be miserable about it. So for you, same thing. How can you make this enjoyable instead of just trying to do it as fast as possible? Okay. How would I help my child with this? If you're a parent, I know you're going to identify with this. If you're not, you know, think of like a, a child in your life that you love. Maybe your niece or nephew, whatever. Okay. Um, best friend's kiddo. Would you ever implement this strategy with a child that you love? No, that you probably shouldn't do it with yourself, right? Like I was having a conversation with one of my clients over text yesterday and she was already kind of mentally planning like, okay, my, my Easter meal is going to be like really high in fat. I'm probably going to eat a lot more today than usual. Um, should I make up for it? I'm thinking about starting a fast right after my Easter meal from about 3 PM today until about lunchtime tomorrow. And she's like, what do you think about that? And I was like, I think that you never need to compensate. Like you will just get back to your normal way of eating afterwards, because if you try to compensate, that's from a scarcity mindset, your brain is going to interpret that as overly restrictive, punishing you. And you're probably going to rebel against that. And it's not going to be fun. It's going to be miserable. And so she's a mom. And I said, you know, would you ever say that to your kid? Like, well, honey, you ate a lot yesterday. So you probably should eat very little today or you probably shouldn't eat until dinner today. Like, no, you would never say that to your child. So you shouldn't say it to you. Um, you shouldn't say those things to yourself. Like when you catch it, like try to process through the thoughts, like, but you would never say that out loud to your child. You would never actually implement that strategy with your child. So don't do it with yourself. Treat yourself the way that you treat somebody else who you absolutely love. So those are the, those are the hows of how I try to work through binge restrict thoughts with myself, with my clients. I hope that this has been helpful to you today. Again, I just want to let you know, like you're not alone today. Um, please resist the urge to compensate. Just treat yourself with self-care and self-love. Eat when you are hungry. When your hunger kicks in today, eat foods that bless your body. Resist the temptation to hide out. I came on here on Instagram live today. You don't give a crap about how much I weigh, right? I don't care how much you weigh. People don't care how much you weigh. They love you. Your people love you. Turn on the Zoom camera today. You know, wear the clothes that you were going to wear. Keep the plans that you were going to keep today. All of those things. Join me in letting love win today. So again, I hope this has been helpful for you guys. Um, just a couple of quick announcements as we're wrapping up today. Um, so I have a mindset class this month all about emotional eating. 
And the way to actually reduce emotional eating is doing this thought work that we've been talking about, trying to meet the real unmet needs behind the food because food is just a cheap substitute for the real unmet needs behind that. So it's exploring all of that. And um, the class is only $9 this month. Um, it's called How to Meet My Own Needs um, to Reduce Your Emotional Eating. And so you can get your hands on that. It's it's um, instant access to the class. You can, you know, you'll have it forever. You can watch it whenever is good for you. It's got some great worksheets, some mindset exercises that you can do with yourself whenever you've had an emotional eating episode, a really great needs inventory that you can do with yourself, uh, you know, at, at least every three months if you, if you're up for that, but to try to take a look at your life and to explore in a proactive way, how am I doing with all of these, you know, fundamental human needs so that you can be proactive and start to meet those instead of just finding yourself reactively self-soothing, um, numbing out with food because your needs aren't being met. So if you want to get your hands on that, you can go to bit.ly slash self-care keto class. The link is in my Instagram bio here. It'll be in the show notes of the podcast episode. Um, and so I just wanted to share that with you guys. And also to let you know, I am a weight loss coach. I work one-on-one -on -one with women to help you lose weight with a keto diet and a self-care mindset. I do have some one-on-one -on -one openings. If you are interested, you can send me a DM here on Instagram. You can head on over to my website, theketofit.com, and you can put in a form for a curiosity call uh, request. It's a completely free call. We'll just chat over Zoom and get to know each other a little bit better. You'll get some free tips and advice about keto, and we can talk about coaching, answer any questions that you might have. Um, you can also send me an email. If you're not on social media, you can send me an email to theketofit at gmail.com. I would love to connect with you guys. So I hope that everybody has a fantastic week back to normal, uh, back to work as normal, back to school as normal, back to your normal way of taking care of yourself every single day on this long journey of just practicing self-care through your nutrition please resist the urge to do um, the compensatory things that your brain is offering to you today and remind yourself and thank you very much. You're trying to help me, but I have learned that that does not work. So today we're just going to get back to loving ourselves. We're just going to get back to normal and it's going to come off over time and it's going to work. And I'm just releasing the pressure. I'm releasing the deadline and I'm going to enjoy this process rather than rush this process. Talk to you guys soon.